Hey everyone, this is Andy Polk. And this is Ben Shaw. And this is Bathwater and the Baby Jesus. Uh, today we're going to talk about money and power, um, what we think Jesus says about them, uh, and how difficult that is to actually live it out. Alright everyone, so this week we are going to be talking about money and power. Uh, two of the uh, most liked uh, topics in church, I think, that people talk about all the time, right? In polite company, we don't talk about religion or politics. In religion, somehow we don't talk about money and power. Uh, so we're going to talk about those today, our uh, experiences in some sense of the way this has worked um, within uh, our own lives and, and how we've kind of struggled with it, uh, but also trying more today to look at um, what we think is the the biblical ethic, or specifically the Jesus ethic, uh, as it relates to money and power. Uh, and then, spoiler alert, how incredibly difficult that actually is to live out. Uh, again, Christianity uh, to us is not a list of beliefs that you consciously assent to, but a way of living in the world. Uh, and living in the world when it relates to money and power is incredibly difficult. Uh, so let's start with this, what Ben's favorite thing that uh, I do. Uh, so Ben, how did you experience, uh, what were your relations with money and power as it was taught in the church growing up? Well, uh, you know, we, um, <clears throat> the idea of living um, comfortably was kind of a norm. Like like if you lived righteous, then you yeah. would be blessed. Um and you know you know i think that um as far as power goes I, you know i think it was kind of like the idea that um if you had a comfortable life then you were good if you had a more yeah. than comfortable life then you were you know you were really living right you know i i mean i and i won't i'll just be completely honest i have had a very comfortable life my yeah. you know my parents um did well and were responsible with their money and very good uh teachers about you know though at least they tried to teach me how to handle money <laughs> we're still working on that <laughs> yeah but sure yeah, it's yeah. a work in progress but you know i, I mean I, in my household it wasn't a you know we have this because God chose us to have it. Yeah. It was more of like a, we were responsible and we earned it, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it, as far as the church message itself, you know, like I, the only thing I remember about money was that we got the same giving sermon every five. Yeah. To six, you know, <laughs> just the same thing yeah. over and over. Yeah. Five, five or six months every every time, like clockwork. You knew when Brother Moore was going into his giving sermon, and most people just kind of. Tuned yeah, out, or they were right, like, yeah. "We know this one. I think this right. week is this week giving. Uh -huh, yeah, I, I think yeah, we're going to the lake this week." Uh -huh. So yeah, you know, I think that was um, that was kind of my experience growing up. There wasn't a whole lot of emphasis on, um, I guess, where the money came from, other than it was a blessing. Yeah. you know, to have it. Uh -huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, yeah. I wasn't exposed to a lot of poverty. Yeah, not not. In my formative years, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I know my, you know, my parents when when I was little, we lived in the middle of a cow pasture yeah. in, in rural Mississippi. When but my dad kept working and worked his way up through a company, and yeah. you know, we we ended up and I was very comfortable. Never needed anything. Never realized 
you know, that there were people out there who did yeah. either. And I think that was something that wasn't really talked about at all yeah. as far as, uh, um, you know, money and, and having the yeah. resources to buy food and shelter and that kind of stuff. It, it, homelessness was a a shameful thing that you didn't talk about. Yeah. And I don't remember our church having any type of ministry that reached out to the homeless. They could have, but it wasn't one of those things yeah. that was. It wasn't a center stone. Talk, you of know, the we church, talked yeah. about like mission work, like missionaries, like the Lottie Moon oh, mission yeah. offering. Like those are the things that I remember. Yeah. Um, anytime there was quote unquote love offerings given yeah. for other things, usually it had to do with missions or the power team. Yeah. The power team. <laughs> oh, the power team. Did you? Did you? Yeah. Get, we had the power team came to our church. Oh, really? And they ripped open some phone books. Oh, Let man. me tell yeah, you. Yeah, I, I saw the power team twice. Those of you who don't know, you missed out. <laughs> You're lesser human beings for not seeing the power team, uh, which is uh, a group of evangelical. There are actually several of these. This was like a, a high tide at one point. <laughs> and uh, they were really strong, but it's because they love the Lord. And somehow it was always this weird, like. I don't remember the message. Yeah. I just remember them ripping I mean, phone it makes books. no sense. The message makes no sense. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? That's, That's right. Really what it is, which I'm is sure. about money, by the way. Hey, hey there, there we go. Uh, but. Yeah, this was the the power of God somehow makes you do this, and you're I don't know. Yeah, that was a, that was always such a weird thing. It was gonna, a thing though. And no, it was, it was big. a thing. It was, it was huge. very big. Yeah, yeah. You said something I think really really interesting in there, of the the assumption or at least the the underlying belief was that. Because you're supposed to have these, um, they may not use the language, right? But this Protestant work ethic, right? That you, you're you diligent and you save and you work hard and you work as if you're working for the Lord always. Uh, which growing up, somehow we would use that in the household codes. And we talk about being diligent workers and the idea that these were slaves. Uh, owned human beings never came up. Uh, but that's the actual context of that uh, in the household codes. I think that was uh, that's Ephesians, not Colossians. Um. There is this idea that if you are good because of that, if you have money, if you're comfortable, that's the way you're supposed to, and that's because you're doing things right. Yeah. Not in in some traditions, that's explicit, right? This is called the prosperity gospel, right? If yeah. you um, if you are good, if you are righteous, if you have faith, then God will you know open the storehouses and you will be great. Uh, you'll have a lot of money and I'll be fine, right? And that that's an explicit. If you do this, then God will. Right. Do this. It's interesting that even those churches, uh, and I think we had it similar in this, that didn't didn't adhere at least strictly to that, to the prosperity gospel, yeah, right? That, wasn't really preached, it wasn't, wasn't a focus. I, if you do this. Yeah. yeah. There was still the other side of this, of an assumption of, well, it's not if you do this, then you will be. It's if you are, then you must be, right? If yeah. you are doing okay, then you must be being faithful. Right. And because faithful is in kind of this Protestant work ethic way, the reverse or the other side of that for other people also was at least alluded to yeah. to be true, right? If you're poor, if you're homeless, if you're struggling, it's because you did something wrong. Right. And there may be times in your life, but you got to lean on the Lord and you got to trust God and then it's going to come back. Yeah. Um, I That is one of the more interesting aspects to me theologically, mm. simply because... The Old Testament, right? The Hebrew scriptures are constantly going against Israel for thinking the exact same thing. 
Like when, when you generally hear the prophets like going through, they're like, oh, you're, you want this? This is who you are? This is what you're doing? You, you have no idea of the way that God actually works in life. You think you're righteous. You think because you're Israel. You had nothing. God brought you up from nothing. This is who you are, right? And right. It, like this is a continuous message. You get this from Job. I mean, Job is, is difficult because it, it seems has been pieced together. But yeah. the, the largest part of Job, the entire book is about Israel being wrong about that very idea. Right. Yeah, it's it's a giant allegory. Yeah, for, that's right. Yeah, that. it, this was why Job and all his friends were concerned. Like you, yeah. what did you do wrong? They kept yeah. asking. What did you? You call must it? have yeah. done something wrong. That's right. Because you're not blessed anymore. You were blessed. You were good. You're not blessed. You must be bad. And he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. And they're like, well, just curse God and He'll kill you. Your life sucks. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. Right. I mean, this, right. even Job doesn't give an answer to this. Yeah. You you have. Um, so, oh, you have Jonah, right? Of this idea, which I don't know. We, we teach like the first which, three chapters of Jonah. Uh, Go ahead. A question for you yeah. real fast, because you, you you brought up a point that I want to just talk about for just a second. You said that Job doesn't really have an answer for this. And I wonder if that's because in the, in the Jewish and the ancient Hebrew culture, uh, debate about scripture was uh, encouraged and a normal practice. And and so was it? It was it. I guess my question for you is: Was it ambiguous on purpose, or would it have made sense to them in their context? Well, in some sense, we don't know for sure. Um, we we just don't know because of the, well, that, the compiling you didn't answer and my writing question. everything else. Um, I would say that later on in in the Jew, larger Jewish tradition, there's yes, debating scripture is itself incredible, like ingrained. That's what you're supposed to right. do. You go to Yeshua. That's, that's in a healthy way. That's right. Yeah. Um, at this point in the scriptures, it's not necessarily debating scriptures, it's people debating God, mm. right? I mean, what we get from the scriptures, not just debating them, the scriptures themselves debate each other, right? Yeah. Different books at different times for different people in different situations, and they had somewhat different understandings of God, and they generally corrected themselves. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before, if you were trying to really design a religion, the Bible's a bad way to do it. <laughs> It's too contradictory. Yeah. It's too, as soon as you think you have it, you don't like it. It's just the way it is. Right. Um, Jonah, um, so generally when we teach Jonah, did you do, have we talked about felt boards? Did you do felt boards? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, man. we had felt I boards. I loved felt, felt board, board Jesus. Yeah, and you pop them up there and uh -huh. you change it as it goes. Anyway, My I favorite was Zacchaeus because it had a little tiny. A little, Zacchaeus. yeah, and then you have them climb up. On, yeah, yep. that's good. Anyway. Um, felt board generally with with. Um, Jonah. Jonah is, right, Jonah is called by God. Jonah says, I'm not going to go there. Tries to flee. You know, it comes up. There's this, you know, the fish swallows him, which the fish is salvation for him. The fish saves him from drowning. Spits him back up. He goes to Nineveh, right, mm -hmm. the capital of the later Assyrian Empire. Says, God is unhappy with you. You need to repent. They all repent and they're saved. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the story of Jonah. Yeah. That's the first three books of the or first three chapters of the four chapter book of Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't teach the fourth one, yeah. which is Jonah gets ticked. Yeah. Right. He goes up. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. What do you mean? He, he He's so angry at this. He says, I could die. He goes up on a hill looking over the city of Nineveh, hoping beyond hope that God will still kill these bastards. Yeah. Right. That they are the worst of the worst. How could God forgive them? And when God comes and says, why are you mad? Jonah's answer is, I knew you would do this. I knew you were <laughs> kind and compassionate and merciful. And I knew you would save them. That's why I'm mad. 
right? And then there's this, the heat of the sun comes out and a vine grows over him and then a worm eats him. And he's like, Jonah seems to be a whiner. I, this is so hot, I wish I could die. And God's like, yeah. you had nothing to do with the vine. It came in a day, it left in a day, you had nothing to do with it. These are my people and I love them as much as you. Yep. Right? That's Jonah. The point of the book of Jonah is... Israel, who is loved and blessed. It's not faithful sacrifice, even when you don't the want to. the same as everyone else. Yeah, somehow it's not about, see you terrible people, you need to repent, and that's what it is. I, I'm not sure people intentionally leave out the fourth chapter. Yeah. But man, it sure is convenient to leave out the entire point of the book, which is... God loves us all the same, mm. and this is in the Old Testament, right? Even those that are maybe different than even you? Even those, yeah. Not only even those maybe different than you, even those who are explicitly your enemies, right? It can't get any harder than this. It's That's not true. people on the outside. It's not people who are weird. It's literally the people that you hate. They're my people, too. I love them and all their cattle, too. That's how the book ends. I love them and all their livestock. Yeah. They're mine, right? That's right. That is the whole point of the book. That's cool. Yeah. There, there is an aspect of this that is explicitly against this idea that we still have, I think because the idea makes sense. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a it, it's a divine economy that's different than the one Jesus offers. Yeah. Right? So if you do good, God will bless you. If you do bad, God will curse you. Yeah. Um, I don't know why this conversation is bringing up so much nostalgia, but I'm about to ask you a question. Okay. Um. Did you ever have those cassette tapes that were a play along with like a book and it was like the read along story and it had uh, like music that played along. And so it would, it would read the book. You would turn the pages in the book and play the cassette. Oh yeah. And it would go through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, remember those. Like I didn't do it that much. I remember okay, we did it. So yeah, I yeah. had, I had one on David and uh-huh. I had one on Jonah. Oh and really? The intro was God told Jonah to go to Nineveh to teach his mighty word. So uh-huh. anytime anybody ever talks about Jonah, I don't remember the anything song just else, pops up but that, I mean, it is just drilled <laughs> in. Cause I bet I, I bet I listened to that thing. A thousand times. I mean, I love. I loved those two. Yeah. I, I think I might have had other ones. I don't know, but the David one and the and yeah. the David and Goliath uh-huh. and uh, and the Jonah. Well, those one are the good the stories, two. right? Yeah, good. Because yeah. The, even when I I still when people teach the story of Jonah, like I, I've heard. I mean, from pulpits, people like Jonah was just Jonah was scared, and we can't be scared when God calls you. You go out and call. Like that literally is not why Jonah didn't go. He yeah. wasn't scared. He was mad God would forgive them. Like, God is too merciful yeah. for Jonah's uh, ideas of what should happen in the world, right? Yeah. So this is um, this is like a cornerstone of Scripture in some way, right? That this idea of you help and you bless the poor, right? You do This is a central aspect right, sure. of Scripture. But I think some basis of it is this worry of, well, that's, that's not fair. Yeah. Right? That that's, if God works that way, sure, that's a bad way to work. Now, I, yeah. And I remember, you know, I do remember growing up and, and hearing things like, uh, you know, that person is poor or homeless or they're getting food stamps or whatever. They must be lazy and don't want to work that's and right. we shouldn't help. We shouldn't take care of them because they're not trying to take care of themselves. And, uh, and so, you know, I do remember hearing um, things along those lines growing up and- uh, I was, you know, I grew up thinking the same thing, right? Because right. you're a product of the environment that you're raised in. And, uh, you know, since then, I still have those initial knee-jerk reactions when I experience homeless people um, that I'm like, oh, look at this person. They're they're probably, you know, just trying to uh, take advantage of the system and 
when in reality it's the system that probably put them there in the first place yeah that's right yeah no that's right that it's not that system of meritocracy only makes sense if the, if everyone's even, right? Yeah. If the, if everyone gets the same cards at the beginning of the deal, that's right. Um, and that's just like I don't know how you can believe that and look yeah. at the world, right? We, sure. I mean, we say the opposite of this, right? We're supposed to be good and proud and patriotic Americans because we were born in the greatest country in the world. Well, doesn't that very idea mean that other people who are born in any other nation in, in the world, and certainly throughout time, have been in worse conditions? That's right. So. Yeah, this this becomes the impetus for well, then we need to go help them. Yeah, right. We need to go have a reaching hand. Which well, what about Australia? That was a penal colony. <laughs> yeah, there's, That's a bunch of sinners. How is there worse. any church there? Yeah, they're, they're not good. Yeah, yeah. there is this idea <laughs> that know. we are going to go yeah. bring it to them. We are going to have this idea, which still always seems hierarchical to me. Right? I mean, this this sure. space of Christian mission, we're going to give them a hand up. Right? We're going to bring them up, but really, it's bringing them up to our station. Right. And even then, I, I had the. Fortune of this, I went on a bunch of you know mission trips and did um, did work overseas in Central America um, for a long time through my twenties. Wouldn't it be underseas? It's down, not over. Sorry. And um, <laughs> the uh, I'm sorry the way that we it, with the groups that I went through certainly by through the end it, it wasn't as much. But you hear this sometimes in Christian missions too, this idea that we go over there, we're going on like a one or two week mission. Yeah. And we're gonna help the poor, we're gonna bring the good news of Jesus to them, we're gonna help them a lot. And then like at the end we all need to come together and talk about how uh, you need to realize how blessed you are, how good it is. Like somehow the lesson we learn is thank God we're not poor. Thank God we're not poor. Yeah, yeah. thank God at, we weren't born at, in, in Honduras or Guatemala yeah. or Salvador, right? Yeah. That that somehow this is we're, we're better and blessed because of, but in a way that we're better and blessed. Yeah. Right. That the blessing comes with it. Right. This is, um, this is the basis for one of another, one of the more kind of popular or known stories in scripture, the rich young ruler. Yeah. Remember this, right? So the guy comes and, and asks Jesus what we're supposed to do. Um, and he says, right, you're supposed to you're supposed to love God, you're supposed to give. He says, I've done everything. Like I've done all this. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, Well, you're right there, man. All you need to do is go take everything you have, sell it, and give it to the poor and come follow me. And the rich roar is is very upset over this, and he walks away sad. Right. Yeah. But the key to this is the next part when the disciples say, Well, holy crap, who then can be saved? All right, the holy crap I added. But it's it's implicit. It's not one of those translations. Yeah, it's implicit. It's not translation. It's not like like (laughs) Paul's cussing, Um, which actually was. Yeah. Um, Well, who then can be saved, right? And this is Jesus' response of, well, uh, I I tell you, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. But what's impossible with man is possible with God, right? So one, this is always fascinating to me because the reason that the disciples react this way is because of this quid pro quo thing, right? The Latin of this and that. We the Americans learned this during the first impeachment trial uh, of President Trump when we were all just using Latin phrases like we knew what they meant. Um, this is the idea of if I give you, it's an exchange, right? It's a barter system. I give you something, you give it to me. Um, Would that be quid Pro quo. Quid pro quo, yeah, this and that. <laughs> that um, if this guy is so rich and so powerful and so religious and he can't enter the kingdom of God, well, then we're all screwed. We can't do it, right? right? Because the idea is he must be blessed, he must be righteous and good, and then it's hard. 
And then Jesus turns all this stuff around, right? Well, that, yeah. that's not that's not what we're going for here, right? The, the quid pro quo thing isn't true. Um, this is Jesus saying, you know, look at the flowers of the field, look at the ravens, right, of the air. Look at like, it's like, why do you worry so much about all this, right? This is the core of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, and Luke break Luke. Technically, Luke doesn't break it up. We think in all likelihood Matthew combined these. It's like Jesus' greatest hits. Yeah. Uh, it's over like four chapters of Luke. Yeah. But Matthew puts this all together as a central telling, right? And the central telling has a whole lot to do with religious hypocrisy of how you treat the poor, of how you think of other human beings, right? All this comes yeah. together in a way. You've got your woes in there. You've got your... Uh... Well, the the woes are Luke. Matthew yeah. takes out the woes. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, but this matters, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a thing. If you... If you've seen so so Luke uh, Luke six is that right? I have a lot sure. Of uh, I can't I can't always remember the top of my head on Luke. If you can hear the flipping, yes, flipping you can hear my the little flipping. Bible. The we have a, a paper Bible today. Right. Yeah, of course. You I mean, I do prepare. have it on my phone, but I like this. Yeah. So <laughs> for in Matthew's account, it's blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Blessed yeah. are those who are peacemakers. Blessed are those. Uh, Luke's is different. Luke's is, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Right? So this is similar. It's different wording. Sure. Luke follows that up with, woe to you who are well fed, well t- woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Boom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then and then he goes into the and you yeah. love your enemies. Yeah. Right? Why so you're kind to those who are kind to you? Everybody does that. Yeah. You lend to those who will pay you back and give you interest, everybody does that. Right? Love even your enemies, right? So Jesus takes this whole like economy, throws it around and says, Yeah, that's not the way it works whatsoever. Um, actually just do everything you can for other people and you'll be free. Yeah. And then you'll know what it is. Yeah. Right? But that's hard. No, that's hard. It's yeah. super hard. And, and it's really hard. I mean, let's just be real. We live in a culture that is about as capitalistic as you can get. And we grew up in that culture, and and so the the concept of not having any possessions except for what you need for your family, and giving the rest to the poor is is uh, almost abhorrent. Like that's like, what do you mean? Well, we'll give it to the, you know, we'll give some money to the church for those who need. We'll give our extra, our yeah. extra money, uh, you know, but only only the extra, and we're not and we're not gonna, you know make any sacrifices we're going to make sure we're comfortable and it's hard i mean it yeah i don't i don't even uh, that i think is so hard because we still want it to be an exchange right right i mean this is the way that even the right you uh, what is it is it malachi right that it test me in this i will open up the storehouses i I have these and the thing yeah so this is uh malachi 310 this is a favorite of prosperity gospel, but there still is this idea of, right? You don't give your tithes. If you tithe and you 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 fill up my storehouses, then I will bless you, right? But that still becomes a okay. I'm going to give this so that God will give me, right? There's right. still an exchange of my prosperity, my wealth, my power, right? Um, and it seems that that's the thing Jesus is saying. Yeah, that's that's not the way it works, right? 
right? I mean, what, right? The, what did Jesus promise his followers if they followed him? Yeah. Follow me all the way to the cross, right? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you, you get to be like me. Right. Well, and also this, this whole right. idea that of Jesus' ministry and, and, and his relationship to money was the complete opposite of, you know, what most cultures or most religions you know, adhere to. I mean, like for instance, the Egyptians, the, the, yep. the culture, the, you know, and I'll speak of that one because that's one I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. They, their whole cu- culture was based on sacrifices to the gods. And we're talking like storehouses upon storehouses upon storehouses yeah. of wheat and grain and all of this resources that could be used to, uh, you know, feed their people. But instead they just sit in these houses uh, not being used except for by the king yeah. um, or being resold to, uh, you know, pad the the royal uh coffers yeah yeah but i think it's even deeper than that i think it's centered in this idea of there should be an an economy in the world that makes sense and if it if it doesn't make sense if if it doesn't seem that there's enough if we don't believe that there's enough then your duty is to get what you can for you and yours yeah Right. I mean, this is a survival mechanism to some extent. Sure. Right. But it's ingrained an idea of that's the way the world works. There isn't enough. So you get yours. And if you're good and right, then then God's going to give it to you because that's the way it works. If God is a good God, yeah. then, then God has a pretty good exchange system. Right. Yeah. You give the stuff and you get it back. Um, it's just I, I understand. It's a very human thing. Right. I mean, this is sure. the way that we work. This is, I think, our default yeah. as humans. Um. The difficult aspect of this is I, I really do think Jesus said, yeah, that's not that's not the way it works at all. Sure. Like, I helped create this stuff. That's not the way that's not the way we did it. Like that's <laughs> not it's not the way it works. Right. Um We're all equally saved. All all, all equally e- damned, yeah. equally loved, equally safe. That's right. Yeah. All of you. It's all of you, right? Yeah. And we we I mean again, we get this explicitly. Yeah. Right. Why do you worry about this so much? Don't do this. Don't have, don't worry about the money. But it becomes right. these that stuff is the the unreasonable stuff. Right. Then we're not sure how it actually is supposed to work. The deal is I don't know how it's supposed to work either all the time. Yeah. Um, not all the time, most of the time, right? I'm again we said I am a cisgendered straight white Protestant male in America. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in the Southern South. America. Yeah, in that's right. South. Where all of that stuff is to my benefit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. assumed we walk in rooms of what we have, right? Yeah. Of all of this stuff. We, we love titles. We love prestige. We love to. Sure. Um, but all of that stuff is the stuff that Jesus said. That's like, that's what you're missing, right? That's the stuff that don't be like that. That's not who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know how that's not the thing that we teach over and over and over and over and over. Sure. Well, that's just the, the thing we don't want. It's the thing in the, that's in the Bible the most, you know. Yeah. I, I was, uh, full disclosure, I was going to pull up this awesome tweet that I saw that had this quote about how many verses there are about sexuality and how many verses there are about this and that. And then uh, you get to the verses about feeding and caring for the poor, and it's some obscenely high number compared to the others. Uh-huh. I couldn't find it. But it gets yeah. the point across that the Bible talks about this a lot. And how we are supposed to do those things, and uh, you know, I think I, I will. I will just say this: that um, I'm I'm thankful to work uh, at a church that 
takes some of this stuff pretty seriously about you know being meeting people where they are and sure. and uh, trying to provide resources for those. You know, there's always more that we could do education wise with the members itself, but financially, you know, that's something that, that I, I see uh, the benefits um, of. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, and I think that there's a way that we can, um, you know, help others and still be able to, I don't know, not come on, come not come in with this exchange mentality. Yeah. This, uh, tit for tat, quid pro quo, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm just here to help because that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm helping because you need help and I can help you. And so I'm helping you. Yeah. That's it. And if, imagine, what, and if we, imagine yeah. what the world if would look like. If other people do the same every thing. Every person it. did yep. that. Cause sometimes, right. And that, that actually is pretty, uh, not just broad, but open. There's sometimes, right. If that's the thing you need help, I can help you. So I help you. There's sometimes you need help. I can't help you. Maybe because I'm also going through stuff myself. Maybe sure. because I don't have the expertise or the knowledge to actually help you, right? Yeah. Maybe it's, I know this person, but you don't have, or we don't have a relationship, right? That right. I can do that. It, it leaves itself open to all of those exchanges. Yeah. The deal is the exchanges are brought people, yeah. right? The, the, that becomes the focus as we go through. That, I think, becomes the, the central aspect to this, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we come back to it over and over. Yeah. Um, I, I saw, I can't remember... Where I said this, so I, I, I apologize to whoever it is that I can't uh, attribute this to. We're so good. At We're really good at that of saying, I saw a thing. I don't know who <laughs> said it or exactly what it is. This is what I got from it. Um, that, right, if you read the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount is, is completely filled with do this, act like this. This is the way the world is. This is how you should be. This is how you should live, right? right. That's all it is. I've said this over and over. It's not he who hears my words and believes them. It's he who hears them and puts them into practice, right? It's about living your life. Um, we get a little over 300 years later, and the cornerstone of the Christian faith is the Nicene Creed, right? Yes, anal retentively, the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed. Uh, no one wants to say that. <laughs> um, and that is the cornerstone of a faith, which is a listing of beliefs, hmm. right? In yeah. reality, it's it's not, this is the way that we live. It's not how we treat other people. It is, these are the the, the faith commitments, the doctrine, the theology that we commit to. Yep. We believe them. This is what it means to be a Christian. Um, this is not a, oh, we miss the pure faith and we have to go back to, it's none of that stuff, right? Humans are humans. This is the way we work in the Make world. Make faith great again. Huh? That's right. Make yeah. There, oh, there's a lot of denominations. That I think that'd be exactly that. Um, yeah. Make make Christianity great again. Um, I I do think it's an aspect that this is. It is more faithful and incredibly more difficult. Yeah. If, no. Yeah. If it's, the Christian it's faith is centered hard. around people, and the equality of all people, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh I mean, yeah. A, no, a it's, part it's of it sucks. I still yeah. think it's right. I think last no, no. time we had this, like it sucks. I don't like it. I think it's yeah. true, and I think it's better when I've lived that way. Yeah, and and I think that's the thing. It's like, uh, I, you know, we're we're sitting here saying all these things, and, and I want to be clear that, you know, we I don't get it right most of the time. I, so I'm not some great bastion of the faith who who knows and does this exactly right. But when I can retrain myself and and think about, well, how how can I help? What can I do to help? in every situation and not immediately think what can i do to 
um, what can I get out of this situation? You know, I think uh, th when yeah. that happens, uh, yeah. typically uh, things things tend to go better. I won't say well, sometimes you know I try to help and make things worse, um, and then, and that's going to happen. But I, I think it's more of the mentality of just entering into any situation. Well, what can I do to help you? And it doesn't have to be you know. Uh, I, I don't know why I keep thinking about work examples. So it's like you know you don't have to go into someone's office and be like, "What? How can I help you today?" That's not that's not what I'm talking about when I say that. What I mean is just like being aware of people's lives like they're they're at, get to know people get to yeah. know the people that you work with get to know your neighbors get to know the people that are in your community and be present um with needs you know to to be able to help them uh to be just to sometimes all people need is just someone to be there like present yeah. with them yeah to try to be yeah just to be there yeah, yeah. in some sense i i think the the difficult part of this this dynamic, at least for me, is that in my experience, the way, even when I say that, right, that it's almost like these are, are flip sides of the coin. If I say we're supposed to do is being, is, is loving other people, is being in, in good, healthy relationships of, of helping when we can help simply because we can help. It's very hard for me to do that. Uh, without having to continuously, your favorite word, wrestle, uh, with money and power, right? Because yeah. in some sense, the only way you can do that is to believe that the world, that there's enough, to not believe that your money is your security, yeah. to not believe that titles or prestige somehow make you better, yeah. right? And that's that's a really difficult aspect that is, is countercultural, not sure. just in America, not just the South, not just the church. It's countercultural, period. As you said before, I think this is a human thing, right? I mean, the, the one of the more difficult things when we you know, trash the Pharisees because we like to because we're the bad guys. <laughs> um, even when Jesus does this in Luke, and, and Luke, by the way, I, Luke is my favorite gospel. If, I don't think you're supposed to say that, but Luke's my favorite gospel uh, because Luke is the most explicit, right? They all have different themes. For Luke, it is the reversal of society, right? Mary gets pregnant. We have what's called the Magnificat. She describes what it's going to be like, right? What this is happening. And she says, thank you, God, for reversing the world, for, for bringing the high low and bringing the low high, for feeding the hungry and leaving the like. She literally says this whole thing is reversed. Yeah. Jesus comes in the next few chapters, first time beginning his ministry, they say, hey, read something for us. He opens the scroll and reads and says, I've come to feed the hungry and to set the oppressed free and to declare that like, this just is the continuous thing. This is what Jesus is doing. He's reversing the society. Right. But in Luke, in the same way, when Jesus does this against the Pharisees, we know he calls them hypocrites, right? Actors, right? But but the the way that he describes that is really hard for me. And that's so if you if it's Luke eleven, if you really care about this. Um, Luke eleven forty two, right? Now, woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, right? So they're tithing, but not just their money. When they grow a little garden, even the herbs, right, yeah. that they take a tenth of them and give them. And take 100% of mint yep. as far right. as I'm concerned. But you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. Mm. 
Yeah, that sucks because, <laughs> right? Who? Yeah. What person? I actually I know a few, and I don't know how they're built. I don't know how his personality or how they were raised, but I know a few people who I believe genuinely at this point in their lives believe it. In that they don't really care. They don't. They don't really care about money as long as they have stuff. They're, yeah. They have food, right? They have shelter. They have somewhere to go. That's all they really care about. Um, they don't care about prestige. They don't care about titles. They don't care about you know, of, of your reputation and where they don't care about any of that. They just want to be people who are yeah. living their lives with other people. For the other 99.9% of humans that I know, yeah, man, do we love and find some type of, let's say this, man, do I love and find justifications mm. for those things, right? They're good. Sure. The titles are good. You've, you've done this and you've earned this and that's a good thing. Nah, Jesus says it's crap. It, the, the knowledge you have is great. Sure. Right. The the ways that you have, you've learned different skills. Well, all yeah. that's fantastic. You're in academics too, so I mean that's that's the are, whole point yeah. of the academy. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You you go get this degree so you can get into a good school to get this degree so you can get a good job that's a tenure track job so you can get tenure so that you can. There's always something else. Yeah. And it is all an ephemeral, um, reputation thing. Sure. It's not tangible. It doesn't exist in reality, but you always have to be worried about. It. So yeah, this is this is the industry that I'm in. My experience is it is not isolated to that industry, right? Yeah. It's it's like that everywhere. It's like right. that. I mean, and it's like that in the church. It's like yeah. that in business. It's like that. I mean, it's just like that everywhere. Yeah. It, it, you know, strive for that promotion. Work harder. Right. Uh, you know. And somehow, in some sense, right? One side of it is, if I get this, if I just make a little more, things will be easier. If I mm -hmm. just have that promotion, then I'm finally going to get respect and I'll I finally feel more good about myself, right? Yeah. If if people just, I just wish people would recognize, right? And then you get, there there are these aspects that are in some sense about us. Yeah. The difficult thing, I think, is when we, we went all the way back, I can't remember if we were talking about Christian nationalism or violence with this, but right, the, the um, Constantinian shift is the technical turn, right? For the, the first three centuries of Christianity, almost all were just insignificant, poor, oppressed, right? Yep. Not all, but most of they had very little power, right? Sure. They were oppressed, not constantly uh, persecuted, but regionally they were. I mean, it's a dangerous thing. And then Constantine favors Christianity. All of a sudden, Christians have power. And a very real question is, well, then what do we do now, right? Sure. If, if the emperor of the most powerful um, empire in the world at the moment is saying, all right, what do we do? Do you say we're not supposed to strive for power and money and yeah. prestige? Let's so tear, no, we're not going. Oh, good, do it. we got to the top. Let's tear this yeah, system so we're not down. Do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or do you say no, no, no? We can, but we can use it for good. I think yeah. that's no, both I've a temptation power. and a yeah. true thing. If we have, if we're sure. in charge, we'll do good stuff with it, right? Until you get in charge, and then you're like, oh, yeah. This and this is the other. This is other temptation, right? Yeah. Now that you're in charge, you're in charge of something. Yeah. And if that thing doesn't exist, it can't do any good. And if the thing doesn't exist, turns out you don't actually have power or prestige anymore. So the thing itself, the institution must survive. Yeah. I, I'm not sure there's always that much of a difference between a, a lot of churches and multinational corporations. No. Not because, therefore, churches are bad. I think it's because it's all filled with people. And what we do is create yeah. these things with hierarchies. Right? Yeah. No, you're I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think. Um, I tend to lean more towards uh, 
that you can do good. And if you're already in the system, you can either just choose to ignore it or you can choose to try to, you know, be a part of it and make shifts in how that system works. Yes. Um, I, I agree with you. I, yeah. th- I think there's some way that if you don't, if you say, no, I'm not going to do that, I don't know how you function as a society. There's yeah, well, some instances in which you have. And to. the problem is, is like, if you, let's just say I was just like, you know what? I'm going home. I'm selling all my stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it to the poor. And then I'd probably be homeless. And sure. I would be the one getting that stuff. Because there's there, the way that the system was, uh, I say system, the way that the Christianity worked in the first three centuries that it existed, um, that was kind of what they had to do. They had to give each. Uh, they were the poor. They were the ones who yeah. were taking care of each other and living in this egalitarian society where, you know, yeah. everybody uh, egalitarian might not be the right word because definitely patriarchy was still a thing. But yeah, maybe um, not as early on as we pretend. But yes, yeah. eventually about second century. Um, but but I think that uh, if we did that now, it wouldn't. I don't know that it would be that effective. You might affect one or two people. They may be like, "Wow, this friend of mine, he, uh, you know, he sold all of his stuff." Ah, but see, this is the, this is the trap. Yeah, Mary, this is another oh, polkism. We're not supposed to call to be effective. We're called to be faithful. I know, right? So the question becomes, yeah, yeah, what is this? Even if I'm working in the system, right? And I think that's true. We have systems. We we work within them. Sure. All these things. How much am I willing to give to be faithful? Yeah. Right. That's. That's the question. And I, I don't know. Right? And everybody's know answer is going to be it's different. It's going to be different different situations. But it should, I think, this is, I've said, it should be a struggle. It should be something that I'm not entirely sure, but I'm really striving for. Sure. And this is a thing when I come together with other Christians, I'm like, yeah, I got to check me here. Is this, does this make sense? Yeah. Like, should I do this? Do I have time? Is that something that if I say this and I'm getting, they're going to get really mad at me, Right. But if I say it and I think it's true and I think it's loving and I think it protects these people, does it matter what happens to me afterwards? But if I'm if they fire me or I don't have influence and I can't do any good, that right. is a true thing. But it's also always my excuse. Sure. Right. It always will be my excuse. Yeah. Sometimes it's also true. Yeah. But it always will be my excuse because it allows me to have what I think is safety and security and yeah. power and influence. And you have to almost retrain your entire existence <laughs> to, you have to, to be believe able to, the world works a different yeah. way than we all believe it does. Yeah. That's and right. it's, and that, uh, I mean, you know, we spent yeah. the last 2000 plus years right. trying to figure that out. And I don't think we have yet. Um, yeah. and I don't know that we ever will. Yeah. As long um, as we're all trying. But I that's, that's, that's the thing. But, the, but the trick is, is that I, I, you know, I don't, and this is cynical Ben popping out. I don't know that that's ever going to happen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will. But just looking at the, the climate that we live in, which is just hyper, hyper partisan, hyper divided. Everybody is against everybody else because of usually the smallest and stupidest yeah. crap that doesn't actually all, matter all that much. Uh-huh. But it's what we're told we should be angry at yes. the others for. I just have a hard time seeing how everybody can just be a decent people. Yeah, but that's this is the this is the problem of Jesus. Jesus doesn't say all of you need to do this. Jesus says you. Right? If there if there is a personal thing, because you are all the same. Yeah. 
then you choose what you do with that. So the question is not whether we will all do it. The question is how often I will do it. Yeah. Today and the next day and the next day. And that's one thing that I try to work on and, and, and sometimes do and most of the time don't is remembering that it's not about what other people are doing. It's about what I'm doing. And if, if I'm doing what I'm called to do, yes. then that's that's all I need to worry about as far as, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, to be uh, to be faithful, even yeah. of correcting and showing and telling, I think. Yeah, yeah I and mean, we've talked about that in our personal lives. This is a trap. Um, this is a trap, too, that I, I, I fall into, I think, sometimes of when we when we find something, when we grow more and we have, I, I was raised in a way in which what you're supposed to do as a good Christian is when you find out something about Christianity, you should go to the church and tell the church how to be better Christians, right? So everyone's just telling each other how to be better Christians. Yeah. And the temptation, it's a lot easier for me to tell people how to be better Christians, for instance, on podcast, <laughs> as opposed to actually doing it, yeah. right? Because doing it is really difficult and yeah. really hard and really... I, I do think the preach always, speak when necessary um, yeah. is a helpful aspect of this. When in reality, the more effective way is to just do it. Just do it. Just how about yeah. we all just try to do that. Yeah. We should make a slogan out of that. Just, just do, do oh, it. That's right. I bet we could copyright it. You think that one's been taken? I don't okay. think so. Um, <laughs> let me do this. So we, we're, we're going to close here in a second. Let, if this is okay with you... All right. Read right with with a passage. What I think is the the heart of this dilemma of okay. money and power. And again, I'm not saying you if you have money or power, you're evil. I am saying if you have money and power, you're not more righteous. You're a person made in the image of God, loved by God, that has power and money. The question is what you do with it, right? Yeah. That's always the question of how we do it, of how we think. I think the the core of this religiously is defining, and I would say redefining what religious faithfulness is, right? What Christian faithfulness is that I fully believe is more about the way you live your life than it is the things that you consciously assent to. I am intellectual. I'm a trained theologian. I think most of it is us just trying to feel really good about ourselves. Sure. So this is, this is from Isaiah. This is from Isaiah 58. Um, it, it references fasting here. This is, it's a little difficult um, because we don't really do fasting anymore, but fasting at this point, the, the fasting at this point becomes the cornerstone of their faith, right? You had the temple cult, you had it, but what you did in your regular life was fasting. Uh, and we fast now uh, sometimes, right, during one specific part of the year during Lent in which we give up um, chocolate or Disney Plus or something. Um, this fasting is generally not eating, sometimes not drinking during a time. I'm not saying you have to do that to be a faithful Christian, but this was their cultural context, right? So in Isaiah 58, Isaiah comes and says, For day after day they seek me out, speaking as if from God. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its gods. It's God. They ask me for decisions that seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? It is only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, 
to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Poor wanderer, by the way, could be translated immigrant or refugee. Migrants. When you see the naked to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Right? And this, by the way, you're like, isn't that a quid pro quo if I do all that? Again, Jesus is very clear on this. You do it because they're humans like you. Yeah. God calls us the sun to rise on the, the righteous and the unrighteous, right? The, yeah. the rain to fall on everyone. I think there's an aspect of this when it comes to money and power that the struggle is the key. Yeah. It's not that money and power are wrong. It's that money and power are not safety. They're not security. And they don't make us any better. According to Jesus, it makes it harder for us to receive the gospel. Woe unto the rich. Not because, not damned, but woe. It's just harder when you have a bunch because you just feel if I give it up, I'll have nothing. You got more to lose. That's right. And when you don't have it, it's good, good news. Yeah. Um, It's not that we should feel guilty for having, but it does mean that we should question. And it does mean that wealth and power are not a sign of righteousness. Yeah. They're not. And being poor and desperate is not a sign of unrighteousness. Yep. Or or unfaithfulness. Or unfaithfulness. That's right. Um, As a matter of fact, Jesus reverses it. It may be a lot easier. Yeah. Right. To be faithful. Sure. The other way around. Well, as always, we do hope that you've enjoyed our conversation today on the Bathwater and the Baby Jesus podcast. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us, uh, you can do so at babyjesuspodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media at babyjesuspod. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.